Good afternoon and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We're excited to have Brendan Hale, Executive Director of the North Star Grand Prix, in the studio with us. Brendan, how are you doing today? Doing all right, Jason. How are you? Good. Great to have you here with us. As we do every week, we'll start off with a little velodrome news. Uh, it's kind of the quiet times here in track racing at the moment, but the NSC Velodrome is starting its victory lap season on May 23rd. Boy, there's only about six weeks or so left of training before we get racing up there, so everybody should come up to watch some racing. This is in our last season uh, up there in Blaine. The details can be found at www dot nscsports.org slash velo v-e-l-o and of course uh, the minnesota cycling center is working hard to get some funding at the minnesota state legislature uh, we have had our bill heard in the house of representatives and we are waiting for the conference committee now between the house and the senate to uh, continue to push our funding request forward so we're asking all of our supporters to reach out to their legislators and you can do that through a form on our website which is mncyclingcenter.org. And there's a big red button right in the middle of the page that says, contact your legislator. should be pretty straightforward. Uh, and you can get directly in touch with your legislator that way. So, Brendan, welcome to the show. Thanks. Excited to hear more about what's going on with uh, the North Star Grand Prix. You've just made a couple of really exciting announcements. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on. So we have a few things going on. One is that we have revisited the uh, the courses this year and we've kind of cut it down to a three day event and um, we're excited about that because as we look to grow the event and, and move the event forward, one of the things we've been looking at is the model that's been demonstrated around the country of putting great circuit races in Metro areas. Mm -hmm. And so to, th to that extent um, we are going to put a uh, 10 kilometer circuit in St. Paul on Saturday, uh, June 15th, we are going to have a 10 kilometer circuit around Stillwater Wow. Um, which probably um, <laughs> means that we had another big hill in there in, in yeah, addition oh, to Chilkud. Okay. Um, and we also uh, <coughs> will add a probably a 55 mile an hour descent. Um, well, so that's so going to change things pretty going to change things pretty, pretty dramatically. But the opportunity that's ahead of us is that we have um, we can put on a great crowd experience and we can put um, a great environment around the race. And we can put, you know, kind of road racing action right in the heart mm -hmm. of it, right in the heart of a community. And so, so that's exciting for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear more about these circuit races. You know, I mean, that's going to change the complexion, especially in Stillwater, pretty dramatically. So you've got a 10-kilometer loop planned we have a 10. for those. Um, what are the distances of the races overall going to be? So both um, the men's race and the women's race are going to be right um, around 100K distance. Okay. Um, the St. Paul circuit is uh, a little bit... Over 10K, so that race is going to end up being closer to 65. Mm -hmm. But the the plan is to have them do 10 laps around the 10K circuit. Okay. Um, you know, and it's going to make the racing action a little more exciting. It's going to make the uh, riders a little more inclined to uh, make a difference early on in the race. And yeah, so, you know, and so many of the courses that you've had in the past have have really come down to bunch sprints because of the nature of the courses. It, these, it sounds like these courses are going to change to more of an all-rounder style that's going to do well in the race. I think the uh, the Sunday course is going to be dictated more by an all-rounder. And so yeah. I think the outcome the outcome will probably be somebody that has a, a good set of uh, cycling skills, mm -hmm. which includes being able to go uphill really well and being yeah. able to sprint reasonably well. That's really interesting. So so let's break each one of them down. Talk a little bit about the, the St. Paul course first. So the the... I guess I, I shouldn't overlook Uptown. You know, we're no. kicking we're kicking we're kicking off the event um, in Uptown on June 14th, um, which it's going to be our Uptown Criterium. Yep. I mean, you know, that's a, a tried and true iconic. venue. Yep. And and it really is one of the most iconic venues, uh, crit venues in the country. Yeah. Uh, having participate in a number of the crit races around the country, some of the iconic crit races, I would say that Uptown rivals Downer mm -hmm. um, in Milwaukee yeah. and it rival, rivals or beats Athens Twilight. I mean, wow. these, these are, this is a great event and it's a great, because of everybody that shows up, because of all our fans, it makes Uptown just a, a very unique experience. That, so. that crowd in Uptown, four or five deep all the way around the course <laughs> is something special. It, it, it truly is. Um, so, 
you know, Uptown is going to be Uptown. We're kicking the event off with Uptown, you know, yeah. so let's start start big and then let's uh, let's bring people over to St. Paul on mm-hmm. Saturday. And on Saturday, the uh, the start finish line is going to be on Payne Avenue and we are going east to side. the east side. We're going to the east side of St. Paul and um, it's actually going to be for the time of year. It's going to be probably one of the prettiest courses you can envision because we're yeah. going to go we're going to go north on Payne Avenue and we're going to um, take a right and we're going to go over across Phelan and we're going to right we're going to race around Lake Phelan. Wow! And then we're going to come come back in and uh, enter Payne Avenue from the south. And so, Fun. so where on where's the cross street for the start finish line? <laughs> you you totally asked me that. <laughs> is it down? Uh, is it down by the uh, Parkway there? It's just north of the parkway. Okay, so it's going it. to be, yep. um, I, it begins with a C and I, as soon as you said it, I tried to do the blank on it. So <laughs> you got me on that. We're going to be getting calls from the East side neighborhood coalition pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be right by Brunson's, um, yeah, you know, nice. so if you know where Brunson's is at on yeah. Payne Avenue, it's going to be right, right. Kind Fantastic. of in that block. And, so. and Phelan is going to be a beautiful part of the course. Phelan will be a very beautiful part of the course. And yeah. the, uh, there, there should be a little bit of excitement um, right there on Payne Avenue, right after the start finish. Because mm-hmm. as you go north, um, if you've ever been on Payne Avenue over there, there's there's a nice little grinder. It's not going to, uh, mm-hmm. it's not going to drop the really fit people, but it'll uh, it's sap a, it's the strength enough <laughs> of an uphill that it'll be annoying for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's a six block long, four percent grade, yep. and it, it's. At speed, it's one of those things that'll tire your legs out. Yeah. So, uh, so we're excited about it. And then, you know, the exciting part I think will be for that final sprint. There's going to be a they're going to turn right onto Paint Avenue, and it's mm-hmm. going to be about 600 meters to the line from the uh, from the corner. Crazy. And so it'll it'll be one of those things that when you see the when you see the lead car coming around, you're going to know that they're coming at. At full gas. Yeah. So. so I'm guessing they're probably going to be coming by about every 10 to 12 minutes, more or less. 12. Yeah. And if they slow it down a little bit, maybe 15, but yep. we're, we're um, predicting out every 10 to 12 minutes. That's which, amazing. Which then makes it, you know, a far, uh, far different experience for all of our spectators. You Definitely. Know, you know, it's not the, uh, the Tour de France style road race where they, you're one and done. You're one and done. Yep. This is going to be something where every 10 to 12 minutes, you're going to see the mm-hmm. the whole show come by. That's fantastic. What uh, what about the Stillwater course? I'm dying to know how you're going to incorporate new new things there. <laughs> so so the, the good thing and the, uh, the good thing about that is that there's some growth in Stillwater that hopefully in, in the future we can take advantage of. Um, it's not going to be available to us this year, but we have had discussions about is there a way to create a loop that would go across the old bridge? Um, wow. So that's a, that's not going to happen this year. Wow. But we've put together a pretty exciting course that we're going to, uh, our start finish location is going to be in the exact same spot as it has always been. Nice. We're going to go up Chilcote Hill. Yep. Um, we're going to incorporate part of the old course and then we're going to go south um, for about a, about a mile. Hmm. And then we're going to go wrap around the uh, junior high school there. Okay. Um, we're going to come back in almost come back in and almost run the exact same course as we get close, you know, the old course. Yeah. And then we're going to turn and we're going to go to the North and we're going to, we're going to bomb down that Hill and then go up the, go up the other side of the rise. Wow. And then uh second street, which is yep. our uh, start finish street. Yep. They are going to have the, the last turn is about a mile and a half from the finish line. So they're just going to come hammering down. Into, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. so that when I say there's going to be a 55 to 60 mile an hour descent, it's going to be a 55 to 60 mile an hour descent yeah. into the finish line. And they're going to carry all of that speed going up Chilcot. That's good. Yeah. Wow. So, so Chilcot is going to become maybe a little less uh, impactful in the, in the event, but I think adding the, uh, the hills on the yeah. other side are going to become more impactful. You well, know? that's for sure. And so uh, interesting that you've got that straight away. I mean, that's because that's always been one of the most exciting yet scariest parts of that whole course is that turn right before the bottom of the hill. Right. You know, and people losing it all the time coming in <laughs> over hot into that turn. And this will just make it just full gas. Yeah. It, all it, the way up the hill. It, it, it should be a. It should be wow. a whole level, whole different level of exciting. You know, um, I'm curious to know when, where on the hill now people are going to drop their chains. Yeah. That's always like, you know, carrying no speed up that hill. They're always dropping the chains at the bottom. Um, 
you know, trying to shift down into the granny gear. But boy, if they can carry more of that speed, they might be able to just carry that big ring all the way up. I think, I think Chilkut is a big ring hill with this setup. Yeah. So. Oh boy, that sounds like fun. That is going to be, they're going to fly up that hill. Yeah. It's going to, it should change the, uh, the nature of it. And you know, if you, if you have the opportunity, we have all the courses posted on northstargrandprix.com. And That's so all, th all three of the venues are posted. Um, one of the other uh, exciting things that we've done and, <laughs> And I don't want to overlook this is that for years and years, we've talked about how do we create an athlete's village? How do we create an event? How yeah. do we, how do we allow, you know, the spectators to get close to the athletes yeah. and interact with the athletes? And, and we've always, you know, struggled with how to, how to find that, that opportunity or how to, how to define it, you know, and, and, and on race day, the, the cyclists are, they're athletes, they're elite athletes, they're pros, yeah. they it's their livelihood in a lot of cases. And mm -hmm. so they're, you know, the, they're focused on their job at that right. point in time. And, and even though it's the best thing in the world about cycling is you can get close to the riders, you can get close to the athletes. Yeah. You can, you can be right next to you them. You can feel the wind coming you off. You can, of them. you can yeah. feel the wind coming off of them. And that's, that's not true. You know, we have a little, uh, a little basketball event going on in town tonight. And as you and <laughs> well, I were, yeah, I hadn't noticed. Yeah. yeah as, <laughs> as you and I were discussing off air, yeah, the, uh, the opportunity to get close to those athletes is not, not, not existent. Right? And so, so one of the things that we've done is, is with looking at our event schedule and looking at, at changing some of the events, we've, we've actually, um, have a meet and greet pre-party scheduled on, um, the evening of June 13th. No and kidding. so, so Thursday night before, the event kicks off with Uptown on Friday. Mm -hmm. We're having a, a pre-party. We've got a meet and greet party pre-party that we're working with um, our host hotel Fun. in downtown St. Paul. And so, you know, we're going to put together an event there and we're going to have the athletes there and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to invite the community to come down. We want the community to come down and embrace the athletes, mm -hmm. meet the athletes. We want to give, you know, any, any of the kids that show up, we want to have the podium available to them so they can take their pictures on the That's podium, great. you know, take yes. pictures with the athletes, you yes. know, make it a, make it a true community event. And yeah. that's, that's what, um, you know, trying to, trying to create that opportunity to interact with the athletes on race day is a challenge, but this, you know, as, as we've been considering the event and as we've been, you know, looking to reposition the event, it's, this is an event that makes sense to us for yeah. us. And it makes sense to us as an organization and it's a great opportunity. It seems like a lot of fun and I'm sure the cyclists will love being that close to their fans too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, Oh, sounds like we got a little fire drill here in the studio. That'll be entertaining. We're going to just keep on broadcasting, though, as if nothing is going on. It's a very metal experience here on Blast Beats and Bicycles. So a uh, couple things that I'm uh, curious about were really schedule-related, Brendan. So what what are you guys doing for Thursday night? What's the date and time and location? So the 13th? So, so, the, so the 13th on Thursday night, we are going to uh, host the event yep. at the um, – Capital Ridge Inn, okay. the, the Best Western Capital Ridge Inn. It's, yep. it's right next to the Capitol. It's, it's hard to miss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's handy. It's handy. Um, yeah. And so that, that event was going to go from 6 to 9 p.m. on, okay. on Thursday night. Great. Um, so, and again, I, I couldn't be more excited by the opportunity provided. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, not only is it a sport where you can get close to the athletes, but actually let's give the fans an opportunity to engage with the athletes. Absolutely. You know, and, and what are the schedules on each of the race days? So, so the, I'm assuming the Friday evening in Uptown is going to be still evening. Friday evening is going to be 6.15. We're going to kick it off um, with the men's race. Okay. And then the women's race is going get to the kick. the premier spot. The women, women. That's great. Uh, with women being UCI, they will get the premier spot. Awesome. And so um, we will definitely um, put the women as the... Uh, <laughs> all right so uh so the final the final event of the evening on will be the women's uci pro race that's so, that's great yeah and uh then sunday and, and then well saturday sorry, saturday, saturday in, in st paul saturday in st paul the uh the men's race is going to kick off um at 10 30 mm -hmm. in the morning um we anticipate them being done about one okay and then the women's race is going to kick off um 130, you okay. know, let's say 132 in it. 
And some of that, you know, is, uh, you've you've run these events, Jason. Yep. You know, you put a little wiggle room in there yep. just in case. Plus or minus. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, uh, and one of the one of the things that have been that's always iconic about the North Star Grand Prix is the kids fun race. Right. So are you, do you have that plan for every stage? Yeah, that that'll be present in every stage as well. Right. And we will we will slot that in between the men's and women's races right. every day. And so, you know, the men the, on Friday night, the men should be done racing about 715. And mm-hmm. we will between 715 and 745 have the kids race fun. And then at um, 750, we'll. 750 ish. We'll yep. kick the, kick the women's race off. As long as you can get all the kids off the course. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's yeah. always the best part. It's like, oh, mom, look at my medal. Yeah, that's, that is, that is the best part of the event. And you know, that, that's part of growing the, the future of our cycling community, Absolutely. right? Is, is getting so the kids important. engaged. And, and so then on Saturday, we'll also do it with a, uh, we'll do it between the men's and women's races. Fun. And so, you know, that's, that's also an opportunity for us to, to let, the athletes who are out there riding engage with yeah the, engage with the uh, the kids as they race and you know over the years you always see a few athletes want to jump out there and ride with the kids and encourage them and that's part of what makes our sport fun being a, being great ambassadors for the sport exactly and uh, yeah. I forgot to ask what the schedule is on Sunday so on Sunday the schedule is going to be a a ten thirty kickoff again for the men mm-hmm. and then um, following that it's a one o'clock kickoff for the women. That's great. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> that that is the planned schedule, yep, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and with these new courses, it's kind of hard to tell, right? I mean, right. you can you can have ranges, yeah. but you never know. I mean, we've already seen in the classics over in Europe, the women have caught the men in a couple of different situations, <laughs> yeah. right? It's yeah, like, and so you guys need to get on your bikes and ride, <laughs> right? And so for so for us, it's one of those things where uh, you know we put together a time schedule. We have it we have it calculated out if they average twenty four miles an hour, yeah. twenty seven miles an hour. And we put together a pretty complex time schedule, and mm-hmm. so we've got a we've got a good feel as to what the course will take. Good until until the riders get on it and race it, and then you'll, yep. then then you'll, then you'll, find, then out then you'll sure. find out, right? Yeah, so that's right. You know, yeah. and, and courses tend to race new courses in particular. They they tend to race differently than you you dream they're going to race mm-hmm. or you think they're going to race, and yep. so that's that's a little reason, a little bit why I'm being a little cagey about <laughs> that, that second start time. <laughs> I can't blame you one bit. Um, you mentioned a couple of times that it's a UCI event this year for the women. Talk yeah. a little bit about what that means for the race and the way you've designed the courses and so on. So the UCI race, um, is limiting us to a single criterium in the past. We've had three criteriums yep. and we've had a couple road races and a time trial and, and going UCI has really, um, changed some of our thinking where the minimum circuit we can have is a 10 kilometer circuit. And so that's why we're looking to identify these, these host communities, um, that can, that can support that kind of a circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that, that certainly drives some of our, um, planning and our, and our course design is that you have to be able to get that 10 K distance in. And so, you know, both the city of St. Paul and Stillwater have been fantastic to work with. And, you know, they've, they've been really critical in getting us to set up those courses and, and design them. And so, um, that's been a, that's been a positive experience for us, um, in that sense, but, you know, making these 10 K circuits is, um, critical for us to have UCI standing for, for the women's race. And, and part of the, the thinking behind becoming a UCI event really focused on, giving an opportunity to the women. And mm-hmm. and in the United States, one of the things that is important to understand about UCI events is that um, the more points that American teams can earn at UCI events, it affects the number of athletes that um, are eligible to ride at world championships, right. and it affects the number of athletes that are el- eligible to ride at the Olympics. And Absolutely. so so giving these them these opportunities ahead of the Olympics and at you know, 2020 being an Olympic year, giving them opportunities like that are, are, are critical. And so, you know, looking at becoming a UCI event really is, is about growing the sport in America and growing the opportunity for the, you know, for the Olympians to, to give one or two more spots to an Olympian, you know, and, and on the women's side of the sport, it's, we've had a phenomenal response and it's a super, um, encouraging thing when we have, we've had, We've had teams express interest from Spain, from uh, Switzerland, Great. from Australia, Canada, wow. Mexico. Um, I know there's at least England. So we've wow. had we've had teams from around the world That's say fantastic. they they want to be here, and That's so great. you know 
that outreach from those teams when we when we decided to make a UCI event, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of used the tagline "Bringing the world to Minnesota," and and nothing could be more true than us actually bringing the world to Minnesota. Absolutely, and these are these are great athletes from all the, all around the world that want to come here to Minnesota and race, and so that that's critical for us. Mm-hmm. Are you full? Is the is the race uh, completely sold out? It's, it's quoted, so to speak. We have enough. We have enough interest from the teams to be full, great, or, or near full. That's great. so between the American teams that want to come, um, or you know that we'll obviously invite, and then and then the European teams. We currently have um, we have about twenty one teams that have expressed interest, and so you know we're limited to one hundred and fifty riders. Mm-hmm. So and you so, keep team size still at six, right? Seven. We seven. Okay. Yeah, yeah. UCI uh, designation allows you to have rider size team sizes of seven. And so we're allowing that, that seventh rider mm-hmm. here. And we're, and we're consistent between the men's and women's side of the event. So mm-hmm. we're allowing seven, seven women and seven men, yep. even though the men are not, the men are uh, <laughs> USA cycling pro road tour event. Right. You, uh, you obviously have to deal with a lot more logistical uh, activities and, and restrictions on the back end as far as dealing with UCI and USA cycling. What kinds of things are you having to deal with just from a pure logistics standpoint? The logistics are really around getting the permits in place and getting the um, getting the courses approved and then getting the the event overall approved. Right. And, and and we have a fa- fabulous advocate in Chuck Hodge at USA Cycling, and Chuck has great. Chuck has done a great job, and Tara McCarthy also at USA Cycling have done a great job to work with us to get all of the paperwork filed and and great. and you know there's. With an international governing body, there's a few extra hurdles that you don't anticipate having. And so those those have come up. But, you know, through our efforts and through the efforts of USA Cycling, we've pretty much managed all of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the um, one of the interesting things that, that arises with a UCI event is that as a UCI event, you're not actually allowed to charge your riders entry fees. And so interesting. And so that changes the nature of it a little bit with us. But you know, at the end of the day, it's really an opportunity for us to pro- provide these uh, UCI women the opportunity to race. Mm-hmm. And and this is really about providing opportunity um, to shine in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, it's uh, because of the recent news from uh, the cyclocross world where a woman was popped for doping uh, last, uh, just a couple yeah. months ago, in fact, I have to ask, uh, you guys have always done anti-doping control um, in the past. Are you I assuming you have to do that again this year? It's the basic assumption that uh, USADA will have um, representatives on site mm-hmm. to uh, to complete that. Um, is that a requirement for UCI? It it actually is not a requirement for UCI. Wow. Um, and that's and, a little bit disturbing. Well, I think the <laughs> as a side note, I've sat on USA Cycling's anti doping advisory committee, yeah. so I'm I'm a, I'm somewhat well versed in this, but. There's always an element of surprise that they want mm-hmm. to keep in place at okay. with with testing on site. Sure. And so so really the the approach is as an athlete you always have to be aware mm-hmm. and you always have to post event go and check and see if numbers have been posted for anti-doping. Yeah. And and so what we've done with the North Star Grand Prix in the past is that we've actually posted a board and so there's a board that's heavily identified and if the numbers are there that means USADA is on site. Mm-hmm. You know, and WADA can also show up separately from USADA if they choose to. So the World Anti-Doping, the World Anti-Doping Association. Wow. So there's actually layers there where the, both the national body and an international body could show up if they choose. Well, I sp- especially the more international teams you have, the the higher likelihood that they're, they're sure is, right. Right, and the, and then you know as a result of that, they work with the organizers to let us know if they're going to come. But as organizers, we can never say yes or no that they're going to be here because um, that might have uh, that. You know, anybody that is is running afoul of the rules, they're going to have a plan for that. They're going to have a plan for that. Yep, so I, I can understand that. It makes good sense. I mean, right. that's always the the way you'd run it before. But yeah. I was curious to know if the UCI designation changed that. That again. no, and 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 I think when you when you start to look at <laughs> the anti doping efforts, you know, one of the, one of the goals of anti doping efforts is always to create a a little bit of uncertainty around whether they're going to be there or not, sure. and. You know, in, in years past here, they've showed up for a day mm-hmm. and then disappeared. Interesting. You know, and they've showed up for a couple of days and disappeared. Yeah. So it really varies by event. And yeah. I've seen it, you know, at other events around the nation, I've seen them 
test every day. I've seen them test, you know, two days out of four, yeah. you know, so they, they kind of do their, they do their thing yeah. to throw people off balance a well, little that's, bit. That's a smart way to go. Cause you yeah. don't want people trying to game the system for sure. If you just joined us, you're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota, here in studio with Brendan Hale from the North Star Grand Prix. And uh, for students, if you're studying away either in fall of 2019 or spring of 2020 on a program that requires you to enroll directly in a foreign university where your courses are not taught in English, you may be eligible for a Pitts Endowment for Study Abroad Scholarship. Typical awards range from $1,000 to $1,500. The application deadline is coming up fast. It's April 15th, 2019, and multiple awardees will be selected by April 30th. Boy, I wish that had been around when I went to Poland and studied <laughs> over there because that extra grand could have uh, could have made life a lot easier over there. <laughs> Even though it was 30 years ago, the dollar, you know, still was not magic over there. <laughs> All right, so Brennan, you've got some really exciting stuff going on with the race itself. Uh, yeah. Lots of new designations. You just made a really big announcement this week right. about your crowdfunding efforts. Talk sure. a little bit about what made you decide to do that, how it's going, what people can expect from the program and so on. So, yeah, the um, the the decision doesn't come lightly to, to seek crowdfunding for sure. But I think it's important for everyone to know that the, the North Star Grand Prix is a 501c3 organization and we're, we're an entirely um, volunteer driven organization. Um, we have a board of directors that that is a volunteer board of directors, and we also have a, a large planning committee that is um, also a volunteer org- volunteer members of that or that part of our organization. Mm-hmm. And so, the thing I would say is that these are people that are don't donating their time, dedicating their efforts, and and they really are just the most dedicated people I've ever mm-hmm. been around. And mm-hmm. so. You know, that in mind, we don't have a full-time commercial enterprise that is out there working, right. working for us to, you know, knock on doors and to, to generate all the funding. And, right. and every dollar goes into the, every dollar, the every dollar we generate goes, goes straight into the race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a critical um, component for us is, is just to make sure that everyone knows that one, we're a 501c3 and two, that we're a completely volunteer organization. Mm-hmm. And so every, everybody you see on course you know, is somebody who's, who's dedicated their time yep. and their energy Taking to vacation time, spending their weekends. Right. And, 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 and not only that, but year round coming to meetings and, and helping plan and organize. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's something that we, we just can't overlook, um, all of their efforts and how valuable they are to the organization. Um, with the, uh, unfortunate events that happened last year, um, you know, that certainly led to some frustration among our, uh, ongoing sponsors and mm-hmm. things like that. And so we've had countless and, and really when I say countless, I, I say hundreds of conversations with potential partners for mm-hmm. this year's event. And, and we're at a point now where we really need to reach out to the public and, and, you know, we got knocked down to our knees last year, mm-hmm. you know, we got knocked off our feet a little bit with the events that were certainly well beyond our control. Yeah. Um, and what we're really doing is just asking for, you know, a little assist for us to get back on our feet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, a, a volunteer group of people who are dedicated and, and we got knocked down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and going the, the route of crowdfunding is really just saying, Hey, you know, we're a good community event. We've been around a long time. Mm-hmm. For those of you in the community that value our event, you know, do you mind giving us a hand up? You well, know. you know, and it's it's an interesting thing when you compare it to a big event like the one that's happening over in Minneapolis this weekend. Um, you can go to a bike race uh, any one of the days of the North Star Grand Prix, and you can watch for free. Exactly, some of the best athletes in the world showing up right in front of you, and you don't pay a dime. And and that's and that's one of the things, and that's that accessibility is unique to our sport, mm-hmm. and it's just you know it's such a phenomenal portion of our sport. And and then when you get to know the athletes and, and since we made the announcement the other day of our crowdfunding efforts and, and you can search, you know, North star ground grand prix on GoFundMe, you can go to our website and, and click on the, uh, donate, donate now yep. button and, and you'll, you'll find that page. And the, the thing about it is, is that we're really just asking for a little assistance this year, you know, mm-hmm. just to one show our our potential partners how much how valued we are in the mm-hmm. community you know that's a critical component of this Absolutely. and um you know 
getting to know the athletes and interacting with the athletes, you realize that a lot of them will eventually become your lifelong friends. And we have, we have a fantastic host housing um, program that we run with our athletes. And, and when we posted the uh, crowdfunding um, initiative the other day, I immediately had a couple of um, former hosts reach out to me and say, this event has to go on. This event has to continue. You know, we've, we've become friends with the riders that we hosted and, wow. and we want to see them again this year. Wow. So we, yeah. we need them back. Yeah. Um, you know, well, and I know in, even in my neighborhood in South Minneapolis, there are four, I think four hosts yeah. that all host that they get together and, and host the same team every year. Yeah. And it's, it, it's like the neighborhood happening. You know, there's little barbecues that happen and you get to see them out going out for their rides. And it's really an amazing thing. Right. And, and that's something that's unique um, to, uh, to our sport again, you know, and, and certainly uh, I praise every event that goes on in the, in the twin cities. I think it's what makes it a really vibrant community. Absolutely. But you know, when, when a, when a, when a pro team comes to town, they're not staying at your house, hanging no, out, they're not <laughs> you know? They're not helping um, you make breakfast or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it's just a different, it's a different experience in our sport. Yeah. And it, it really does give you an opportunity to be more one-on-one with the community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, that's a phenomenal aspect of our event. And you know, it's a great connection to the community, but it's also essential for the teams you know, right. most of the teams that come, especially on the women's side, don't have the budgets right. that, you know, a huge team that you might see in the Tour de France who rolls up with a giant bus and two trailers and everything else. They're rolling up in a van right. and that's their house most of the time until yeah. they get to their race when they stay with people. So, right. you know, having that kind of volunteer connection through hosting, too, is huge. Well, and, and not only that... It, particularly on the women's side of the the sport. And, and this is really, it's critical on the men's side. I, I don't want to belittle that. Yeah. But on the women's side, it's a little bit different in that many of the women are also career women mm-hmm. and they have full-time careers and they're doing this. They, they dedicate their lives to training and they dedicate their lives to racing. And a lot of them mm-hmm. take PTO off mm-hmm. to do that. But that impacts their ability to fund themselves to come to events like ours. That's and right. so, you know, to, to work a job where you can actually get <laughs> multiple yeah. weeks off every yeah. year, you know. And it's tricky. It's Especially tricky. Especially if you want to try to come to a race here because the circuit generally is in the, in the southeast right. and in the west. Right. You know, I mean, in terms of other big races, there's really not much happening in the Midwest. You got some stuff going on in Chicago, but that's really about it. Right. And I, I would agree with that. And and there's, you know, there are great events all around America and I've had the good fortune over the last 30 years to actually visit many of those events. And, and I would say that our event with maybe a little bit of bias is, is certainly one of the best in the country. And, and our event really is the only stage race that is held exclusively in a major metropolitan area. Right. You know, and that's a, that's much different. And that the price provides a different level of exposure to mm-hmm. the teams, to the community. And so, you know, for us to, to reach out and say, Hey, we need a hand, we need a little assistance getting mm-hmm. back on our feet. That that's really where we come to the crowdfunding effort. Yeah. And that's, that's why we, you know, um, that's why we did it. And, and when we, when we were, uh, hit with last year's cancel cancellation, I had a number of members of our community, you know, they said, well, why didn't you reach out and ask us for help? Why didn't, mm. why didn't you let us know you needed help? And, and the, the way last year played out, it, it was just such a really quick series of events mm-hmm. that over the course of about five days led us to make a, a very tough decision at the last possible, at the last possible minute. And, and, you know, even though we have great communities and I, I love Minneapolis, St. Paul and Stillwater, I love working with them in that sense you still have to abide by their uh, process and right. and the process to get a, as you, as you know, with the big water classic, yep. the process to get a course approved, you're not going to do that in two weeks. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. You got to be planning well ahead. You know, you have to have 90 days out to get a course approved. And, right. and once we were within that window, we just didn't have those 90 days. Yeah. And so, you know, so following on that, you know, when the number of our community members that reached out and said, Hey, you need to, you should have let us know you need help. Well, that's, you know? I mean, thank you. <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful to hear. I mean, honestly, that's, that's a really magical thing to hear that people are willing to reach out and say, Hey, let us help. 
um, right. put put this thing together. So what has been the response so far to the campaign? You know, the campaign so far has um, has been pretty good. Um, I mean, it's early days. It's early days. Two, yeah. Three days. Two days out. Yeah. So we, we announced it two days ago. And so um, we, we've had a good response. And the thing I would say about that is that it's also generated some interest from some local corporations that have, that have reached out and said, let's have a conversation. Great. Um, you know, that's, that's critical part of this as well. Um, you know, part of that, is, part of this is just making sure that people know that we're a great event, but mm-hmm. we're in a situation where we're, we're going to have to get things going in a, mm-hmm. in a, in a short period of time. And so yeah. we're, we're lucky with that. Um, the other side of that is that I've had a number of people reach out to me um, from the local media and that, and they've asked if they can have interviews um, Good. after the final four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I suspect, suspect they're a little bit busy right now, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they're a little bit busy, but that's yeah. that's certainly understandable. Um, <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> so, but you know, I think I think we, we really um, are looking forward to building some momentum. Uh, I think we have a couple of exciting announcements to make in terms of partners that have made that are going to make really nice offers to to people that donate uh, and so that's a i look forward to uh being able to make that announcement you yeah. know hopefully in the sure next we few can't days get an exclusive scoop here today? <laughs> it'd be nice to give to, to give you the exclusive <laughs> scoop except for i need i need kind of some of the final details ironed out before i drop any good hints so but it is nice to see the response of of some of our partners and some of our endemic uh, bike industry partners have really yeah responded well and they said hey let's let's find a way to make this happen let's what can we do to help that's great because mm-hmm. that's always such a struggle with bike companies you know this business is not a you know huge wealth generator you know margins mm-hmm. are thin across the board in the bike industry and uh, so it's good to hear that you've got some bike people coming stepping up yeah and it, you know part of that is it's just having really good friendships over the years and, sure. and being being forthright with them you know last yep. year last year when we had to when we had to make a bad decision or make a tough decision, my team and I were very active in communicating that with them. And we, mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't, you know, hide behind a press release. We didn't hide yeah. behind a, a statement to the press. We went ahead and called everybody and interacted with them yeah. and had a personal conversation. And so, you know, that's, that's one of those things that I think people value the, the truth and the, genuine nature of, yeah. of our, of our organization and, and our volunteer group, you couldn't ask for a more genuine, more just <laughs> true, real yeah. person, you know, and I, I, I hate to use the, uh, the Midwestern, uh, stereotype, but these are good, good, solid people, yeah. you know, and there's nobody out there looking to, yeah. You know, and that's, and that that's led to really good conversations I'm with sure some of has. these potential partners. I'm sure it has. So. You talked uh, about the volunteers a little bit earlier and what it takes to put some of this uh, on. What, what is the volunteer experience like for people? Boy, it really depends. Uh, <laughs> you know, those, those people that volunteer on the planning committee dedicate a, a number of hours every month to make sure that it happens. And as we get closer to the race, it becomes, goes from probably five hours a month to, to 20 hours, hours day, to five right? hours a day. Right. Yeah. It really <laughs> changes as we get closer to the event, but, yeah. but those are, are kind of our, our, those act as our team leaders. Mm-hmm. And those are people that are really, um, key to the organization and they, they take on really critical roles for mm-hmm. us. And we have people that take on kind of results management roles and mm-hmm. we have others that take on, uh, course marshal volunteers and course marshal lead, lead those efforts. And so, it really depends on the person and, and the role, but the, the, the experience for the average person that wants to show up and do a race day, it's cool. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's super cool. Uh, we feed you, which, you know, that always helps yeah. to have a little bit of food. But the yeah. other side of that is most of our efforts on race day, we really need people to assist us with course marshals mm-hmm. and, and, and ensure the, the safe operation of the event. Sure. And, and so when we work with those people, it's, it's fantastic. And, as, as Jerry Tredelli, who is our uh, course marshal director, always says, he's like, it's the coolest seat in the house because you get to be inside the fence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, there's nobody that's going to be closer to the riders than you are that's right. at that point in time. That's and right. so, you know, those, those people really do have a good experience. You know, they, they play a critical role for us because they keep the, uh, the course safe, safe for the riders and, and safe and for, for the, the right and for the spectators. Yep. Yeah. Safety, yep. safety is, um, dual there. Right. And so I think 
they have great experiences, you know, and then, mm-hmm. then we have a, a slate of uh, day of volunteers that, that help us set up and help us mm-hmm. tear down. And, yep. and that really kind of varies by the, by the task at hand sure. and, and by what's needed, but it's a, yep. uh, it's super cool. How many volunteers does it take to put on a, a one day's worth of racing? <laughs> Usually it takes us about 120. Wow. Per day. Wow. So, you know, that's, and that's between, you know, for example, in Uptown, that's, we have 120 ish volunteers that we take, and that's from 1 p.m. until yeah. 9 p.m. Uh, and in Uptown, there's a, we have an extra few needed that help us corral all the kids because the uptown kids race is, uh, is monumentally large is monumentally large. Yeah. Right. And so when you have 400 kids trying to corral them and get them yeah. to do anything in 30 minutes is a, uh, <laughs> especially with only five feet, five extra people, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure yeah. It's more than that. It, it is more than that, Man, but that's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've stood in front of a few crowds of kids like that. <laughs> And it's a terrifying thing. It, it really is. It, <laughs> it, it certainly is a highlight of the event every year, but it's also a. Yeah. Uh, it's great because I think in some cases, those kids take the race more seriously than the racers, the adult racers. Do. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> you, you can always see the one that's going to be the future. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Future. You can see their drive very early on. How about we say that? <laughs> that's right. So uh, I'm assuming you've started recruiting volunteers and things like that and asking people to help. Oh, absolutely. Do you have some specific areas or, or days that you need more help than others at the moment? You know, I think really where we're going to need the help is we're going to need those those day of volunteers. And mm-hmm. you can go to our, our website, NorthStarGrandPrix.com, and and choose to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And and Bob Fine, who, are, who is our volunteer coordinator, he'll reach out to you. And and Bob has been instrumental. He's been very active reaching out to ride groups and, and cycling clubs around the Metro. And Great. so he's, that's a job that is a, a year round endeavor for Bob. And mm-hmm. it, we're very grateful for all of his efforts because he really has, has embraced that recruiting of volunteers. And so, you know, anything we can do to assist him is great yeah. um, with that. I'm, uh, yeah, this, this is a very nerdy inside question, but I'm curious <laughs> with the extension of the courses, you know, so much of the courses that you have, uh, in the past, especially the criterium courses are almost entirely enclosed right, by fences. So you, there's definitely a barricade there. How are you going to protect the spectators and the riders on those longer courses? Becomes more of a, a rolling enclosure situation. And so we, we move into a rolling enclosure where we put a, uh, we put a bubble around the athletes yep. and, and we manage that bubble and we drive through the neighborhoods with our, with our bubble in place, if mm-hmm. you will. Yep. And then, and then we have, um, we have a slew of, uh, motorcycle marshals who, who work with us every year and they're, they're local motorcycle riders who just love the event and they love the opportunity to come out and, yep. you know, put you on the vest, put and on the vest the and you wag the flag yep. and you get open, you get open roads and, yeah. you know, there might be a chance to pick up speed here and there. Sure, yep. Give it a little gas. <laughs> give it a little gas. Yep. And this year there will be a unique opportunity to give it a little gas on the downhill in Stillwater. Um, <laughs> that still just blows my mind. I cannot wait to see that. Um, um, uh, I'd like to be able to ride it, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that caliber and I'm not yeah. at that level. So I, I don't get to ride it nowadays, but that's um, going to be, that's going to be a really fun change will, for, especially from a spectator perspective. It, it will. And, you know, and so when you start talking about rider safety and that is that we, we put that bubble in place so that we ensure that the riders and the spectators are safe yep. and, and we will have fence in place in certain locations around um, the mm-hmm. course, but by and large, you know, we will have cars marshals in place and then we'll have the motor marshals who advance along the course ahead yep. of the, ahead of the Peloton and keep it safe. Yep. And so that's, that's one of those things that our, uh, our chief officials, they do a great job of managing mm-hmm. that. Our, uh, our police services, they, they provide us a, a great bubble to be in and, you know, Excellent. So it becomes a, becomes a fun opportunity. And in St. Paul, I believe that we are going to have the uh, motorcycle police as our escorts around the Great. course. So it'll, wow. it'll give a whole different experience than what that's, we've had in the past. Yeah. That's really a fun uh, new change. And I'm sure yeah. the officers will be, enjoy that opportunity too. Well, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you've ever driven in a caravan or you've ever been part of a, a caravan, there are a few things in the world that are as fun as that. Yeah, that's a very interesting experience. And no maybe that's that. just the bike nerd in me coming out. <laughs> yeah, you get some. You you really do get some interesting looks at the way the the bike races play out. 
Right. Uh, yeah. That's a really fun experience. Yeah. Um, you know, the, with the financial challenges that you faced last year and some of the things you're trying to do to raise money, uh, prize money becomes a question. And I know right. in the past you've had some, uh, concerns expressed by people about, uh, uh, disparity in past prize prize lists. I'm curious to know what your plans are for prize lists this year. Our prize lists will be equal for both men and women Great. in, uh, 2019. The, uh, USA Cycling in 2018 actually mandated that all pro road tour events have equal prize lists between men and women. And, and before that, we had already put ourselves on a trajectory to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was a, just something that we'd said, well, we're going to do this over the course of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in 2017, we were much closer to equal and we yep. were planning to get there in 2018 anyway. And mm-hmm. so then when that rule change happened, we were already planning for it and, and it aligned with it. Mm-hmm. Great. And obviously the teams have got to be much happier now that they don't have to pay an entry fee, at least on the women's side. On the women's side, yeah. Yeah, that's that's got to be a financial benefit uh, to them. It certainly is, you know, and that's something that, you know, as we look to grow the event, you know, know, once we're back on our feet in 2019, we're looking to grow the event further. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're we're thinking two, three, four, five years out already. Great. You know, my plan is for us to get on our feet. We have to, you know... We're in the situation where we're asking for that hand up this year, but mm-hmm. you know, we have a long-term vision for this race and, and I think that it's a vision that will, that the community will like, Good, you know, and we want to continue to provide access to the athletes. We mm-hmm. want to pro- continue to provide a great experience for everybody, for mm-hmm. the community, for the athletes, for the fans. Yep. You know, one of the things, uh, that comes along with UCI style racing is that you're going to get some of the higher powered teams to show up. In, in the past, the North Star Grand Prix has been a sort of a showcase for up-and-coming riders. Right. Do you still have room for those riders to participate? Yeah, the, the exciting thing about, and, and this was one of our considerations when we decided to go UCI on the women's side, is that UCI races in America allow pro one-two women. And so the, the same level, the same athletes that have had an opportunity to, uh, you know, showcase themselves here in mm-hmm. front of pro teams will will continue to have that opportunity good um you know and if you if you look back a couple of years ago ellen noble was on a composite team here and she mm-hmm. certainly has gone on to huge success and is racing professionally with trek now and yeah. you know she came in on a composite team and, and was looking for that opportunity to showcase herself and she did it mm-hmm. and you know that's led to great things that's exciting to hear. You know, you, yeah. you think about going to a sort of an international caliber field, which, you know, it often has been anyway. Right. But, you know, with that extra level of, you know, bringing teams from all over the world, um, it's good to hear that you're going to still have opportunities for people right. um, to, to really push, put themselves out there for the first time. Right. And that's, you know, that's for us, that was a consideration in terms of we really want to continue to provide unique opportunities for women athletes mm-hmm. and, and being able to come here and showcase yourself in front of those pro teams. That's a, that's a good thing for us and good thing for the sport. You've, uh, we've obviously spent a lot of time talking about the women's field. I'm curious to know what the reaction to the new courses and the new layouts, uh, has been from the the men's teams. The, the feedback we've gotten so far from the men's teams is, is positive. You know, there's, um, we've received a lot of feedback from people that, that have been excited about, we're going to more of a circuit style set of, set of courses, Mm -hmm. um, in the past, you know, having three crits, it's been a very unique kind of rider that comes here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, it's absolutely and full gas sprinting. It's full gas sprinting. Yep. And then, and then you have some longer, harder road races. Mm-hmm. And so it's been an interesting mix of, of courses. Um, this kind of stabilizes that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it'll provide, you know, in terms of planning, which riders you're going to, which, you know, members of your team you're going to bring to this event. I think yeah. it's going to be somebody where they're going to look at who are the all arounders that can come. You know, who are the who are the all arounders that mm-hmm. you know. more of a true stage racer, right? Yeah. yeah. So so we'll see. It'll be a, it'll be a it'll be a fun week this week mm-hmm. or this year, and um, you know we're looking forward to it. That's great. You know, without a without a time trial at the front end, yeah. Um, are you going to have a, a yellow jersey on Friday night? We will not have a yellow jersey, okay. but we will be awarding a yellow, <laughs> yellow jersey on Friday night, right? Um, well, that'll yeah. be that'll be a fun thing. I mean, obviously, people will put their their team leaders in a position to be successful, but still, it's a it's a crit right out of the gate. It's right, and that that's going to change things a little bit. Yeah. And so, you might. It, the The interesting thing is that with the time trial as the uh, 
starting event in the past and with the nature of the event is that we really didn't see a lot of change in the owner of the leader's jersey right. at our events. You know, right. some whoever took it on Wednesday morning was likely to have it by Sunday. Yep. And so, you know, for example, somebody like Justin Williams could win on a Friday night right. and, and not have it when the day ends on That's Sunday. Right. So yeah, that'll be very interesting. So we're, you know, we're hoping it changes things up a little bit and we're hoping mm -hmm. it makes it a little more, a yeah. little more dynamic. And, and that's one of the goals with going to slightly shorter events, you know, in terms of that 60, 65 mile event, that is really a, a distance that will lead to more active racing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a long course, mm -hmm. but it's not infinitely long that it's going to really tire everybody out. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of anybody's game. It, it really should be. And, and the, the fun part of it, I think will be just to see how it races mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the teams are in an unknown this year as well. And, yeah. you know, we have the course profiles online, so you can look at, you can look at the course profiles and see yeah. what you're in store for. But what, uh, what are some of the iconic, I mean, we talked a little bit about Stillwater, but where are the places where you think the action is going to get heated up uh, in St. Paul? You know, I, I honestly think on the last lap, the the last 500 meters you're going to see something something special so come down to a, a final I, I, lap i think that'll come down to a final lap sprint and i the the interesting thing about that sprint is that you're going to have a about two blocks of uphill followed yeah. by about two blocks of downhill to the finish line oh, and so there's going to be a little of a mm -hmm. there's going to be a roll right in the middle of the sprint that i think so, that'll be a fun little yeah could mix things up just a little bit or or change when people attack. Right, yeah, it could change your lead out plans and yeah. stuff like that. So. Interesting. Are there any places where you think a breakaway could get established in St. Paul? I think in St. Paul, the breakaway will go over the top of that six block long section. Yeah. You so know, pretty I think, early on. I think it'll go it'll go pretty early on in the circuit. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it gets windy and twisty as you get over by Phelan. And right. so I think there is the opportunity to get out of sight pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, out of sight. Yeah, that's a pretty demoralizing <laughs> thing when you can't see the group in front but of you. It's, yeah, it's uh, pretty dicey. You know, but also, also with that in mind, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll run a pretty tight um, ship on the backside of the peloton, where you know, if riders are distance, we will be removing them from the. I race. was going to ask you if you're going to pull people. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah, you know, just in terms of managing the the course sure. and making sure that everybody is safe, we're going to yeah. have to pull riders. Will you give a prorated time then? Yeah, yeah. You know, then as long as they're within that prorated time, sure. they'll be able to continue on the next day. Yep. Yeah, yep. So it's you not know, unlike what you've done in the past. Yeah, that's we've always been fairly consistent in that, and that prorated time is usually a twenty percent window. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Well, I know you and and your wife Jen do a lot of racing yourselves. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, what's your race plan for the year? Or are you just so focused on North Star <laughs> that you can't even think about your own bike? No, I'm I'm actually thinking about the bike quite a bit. I um, <laughs> I plan to do, you know, as many of the Minnesota races as I can this year. Great. You know the the Tuesday night crits and yep. the machine the machine hill series and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I plan to do as many of those as I can. Good for you. Um. You know, I'll, I'll jump into as many of the Minnesota races as I can, but mm -hmm. then with with my wife, uh, who participates in you know a number of the Pro Road Tour events, I find myself tagging along on some of those trips and uh, jumping in the crits or, nice. or jumping yeah, in those when events. An amateur and, option, yeah. When there's an amateur option, yeah. I jump into those. So good for you. Um, so I really, my goal will be to get about 35 races in this year. Wow. Um, you know, and that's kind of so par for the course. Yeah, that's great. You're not slowing down at all. Trying not to. Uh, you know, we'll, we usually end up our, we wind up our season at the Gateway Cup in St. Louis mm -hmm. um, on Labor Day. There will be a few opportunities to race between now and then. I might, Masters Nationals are in Colorado Springs this uh, this wow. August, and so I might try to ride out there. Like, wow, good for you. I, I'd I don't think I'm going to win, but I think I'll uh, go out there and have fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> the uh, the courses are on Air Force Academy in Colorado fun. Springs, so there there are some iconic courses in Colorado Springs yeah. that are that were part of the I believe is the '94 Worlds. So. Oh boy, that'll be really fun. Yeah, that'll be really fun. And uh, and Jen is racing right now, John at Joe Martin. Right. How's uh, she feeling? She's feeling good so yeah, far. Everything's good. been going well. Um, Right when we kicked off on the air, I believe she was starting her time trial. So I think okay. you and I were having more fun than she was. <laughs> well, yeah, I would, I would rather be here than there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the uphill time trial at uh, yeah. Joe Martin is not a uh, fun Sounds thing. like a blast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck to her. Is it yeah. uh, tomorrow the final stage? Tomorrow's final stage. Okay. So Great. Well, good. Yeah. Man, this has been an hour already, Brennan. Well, that's quick. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, uh, first of all, thank you again for coming to the show. And, you know, I was glad that we were able to get a full hour in and absolutely we interrupted by <laughs> live music. Um, but I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of uh, you guys and learn more about the event. Sure, absolutely. Uh, best way to find out all the details on the event is NorthstarGrandPrix.com. Our team, like I talk about our team of volunteers, our volunteer team has recently rede redesigned that website, and so Great. it's got a much better user experience, and so we're Great. excited about that. Excellent. But North Star Grand Prix, I am always available to be reached at Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-O-N, at NorthStarGrandPrix.com. Excellent. And uh, people can donate. Uh, right from your website as well. Donate right from our website. If you go right. and you click on the donate button, you'll uh, you'll be led to that GoFundMe page. And you know, we appreciate the time. We appreciate your efforts, Jason, Absolutely. for all you do in our community. And you know, I, I'm excited for the future, and I'm excited for getting this year going right. Um, it's a great event. We've Minnesota is the best cycling community in the country. I've I've lived in a lot of great communities, but I'll say that Minnesota's is the best. And you know, it's really our goal to bring. Uh, a world-class event to a world-class cycling community. Fantastic. Well, so. June 14th, 15th, and 16th are going to be very hot here yep. in the Twin Cities. We're looking forward to it. All right. Thanks again, Brennan. Thanks, Jason. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my Jesus, I don't want to be a cannon.